What is something or an event from your childhood that has affected you the most? Hello, this is Karen. And this is Kevin. And, and this, this is, is Right From, from Us. Us. Well, I have a couple of things. You want me to go first? Go ahead. So this is going to sound terrible on the surface, but I was actually locked out of my childhood home on purpose. <laughs> You're a tr- troubled child. <laughs> no, I wasn't a troubled child. I was a troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yeah, my parents would give me a curfew. Uh, this was in I was in high school, and um, you know, curfews are just they're a guideline, right? Just a suggestion, not really anything set in stone. So it was shortly after I started driving, got my driver's license, I bought a car, I saved up and bought a car. And, you know, I would come home and it'd be like, well, you know, do I really want to go in? It's kind of early. I've got some friends out doing some things. So I would just keep on driving and then I wouldn't make it home by curfew. Well, my parents got so irritated by that, that they finally put their foot down and took my house keys away from me. So if I wasn't home by a certain time, I slept in my car and I'm somewhat ashamed to admit that I slept in my car a few times. So the, the so I think they the, would not let you in. Nope. And I remember one, one incident specifically, it was super cold outside and I couldn't get into the house and I was so cold. My heater, the heater in my car wasn't that great. And I remember going up to the door and knocking on the door, kind of pounding on it and nope, they wouldn't let me in. But you know what? That was actually a good thing that that happened so it taught me to be responsible and respectful and you know so what was that like the next day when you when they actually let you in did you just say hi mom good morning (laughs) (laughs) oh trust me when I say it was not that pleasant (laughs) I just I was well you know I was a teenager and I thought I was in the right and they were in the wrong I mean they had they were completely in their parental rights to do this because you know they gave me warnings and I didn't heed the warnings and they had to show me and teach me a lesson and they did but it didn't mean I had to like it so I was pretty ticked off about it and mad at them for a long time but you know that's what they had to do so that was the first event that I can think of what about you well my my family moved when I was a, a junior in high school. We moved to from a small town to a, a big town right in the middle of the year. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I was really, really shy back then and really quiet. So it was um, in some ways kind of traumatic for me to go go from a small town i mean the the school that i went to just the school had more people than the town that i lived in before so we moved in the middle of the school year and during the middle of the day i had to you know go into a classroom of all these students and it really really um really scared me but well apparently i got over it well (laughs) let the record be shown that you were a junior in high school when this happened. Right. So think about that for a minute, guys. I mean, you've gone to school with the same group of people your entire life, and then suddenly at the end of your your scholastic scholastic career, I guess, um, you get uprooted and forced to go to another school where you know nobody, 
So. Yeah, I mean, at the time, it was really, really scary for me because I was really just in a shell, you know, really quiet kid. And I had left my school where I had tons of friends to a, a big town where I didn't know anybody. Um, but, you know, at the time it was scary, but now I think it really, looking back at it, I think it really helped me to, to you know, learn how to meet people and, and uh, d- deal with situations like that. So, anyway. And you're still kind of shy. I, I don't think I'm shy at all. Uh, I, I am I quiet. I, I'm quiet, oh. but I'm not that shy. Well, I like now, I mean, our podcast audience here, you don't know this, but this is really difficult for Kevin to do, to, to talk to you guys and share bits of himself with you. And I, and I think part of that is just because it doesn't come naturally to him. He's I, not. I'm just more of an in, inward per, kind of a person. Yeah. I don't really talk about myself. I don't really share things about myself but you know what i feel like that's a guy thing though i feel like most men are like that that they don't just they don't open up and talk about themselves very much okay i have another example of this too i'll I'll never forget this either my first job i worked at wendy's and um i lived close enough to wendy's where i walked that's how i saved up money and bought my car then got myself into trouble later um but i remember being pulled into the manager's office and basically had a come to Jesus moment where they're like, listen, you need to cut out with the attitude because I would, you know, I would just be all pissy and bad mood and just not very pleasant to be around because, you know, I had a bad day at school or whatever. I just let it affect me in my working life as well. And he told me, he just straight up told me, look, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to have to let you go because this is ridiculous. You're, you're making it uncomfortable to work with people and blah, blah, blah. And I just remember thinking, wow, wow. I was just embarrassed. Like, wow. I never thought about my attitude affecting other people, you know? So I just learned again to be respectful and to leave it at the door, you know, because my bad mood had nothing to do with the people I was working with and it wasn't fair on them to take it out on them. So, I mean, I'm glad it happened. It was super embarrassing and humiliating, but I'm glad it happened because it taught me, you know, well, it just taught me to grow up, you know? So that's kind of another example I have of an event that really stuck out in my mind that I felt like kind of molded my, my personality in a lot of ways. What about you? Do you have any more examples? I, I just can't think of anything else. I'm sure there are some other examples, but I can't think of anything right now. Sorry. I think there's something you should talk about. <laughs> What's that? I think you should talk about the time your mom left you at the ball field. Okay. Well, my mom did leave my, actually my family. <clears throat> we had some, we had some relatives in from out of town and, um, <clears throat> we were at the football game at, at the small town. And actually my, that was, that game, my sister was the homecoming queen. So she was getting all the attention and, you know, I'm this this quiet kid, and so I don't really stick out too much. And they uh, just completely forgot me at the football stadium. They took off and went home, and <laughs> I was just left stranded. Well, at what point did they realize, hey, you're not in the car with us? When I, I hitched a ride with one of my friends. Are and, you serious? Yeah. They, they never, got all the way to that point? Yeah, I got all the way home, and I, I opened the door and slammed it, and... 
That's wow. when they, they they realized, oh, we left Kevin at the. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's rude. How old were you? <laughs> oh, you know, I was. I probably was 13 or 14 or something like that. Yeah, but the point, point being, you're at an impressionable age where your family has completely forgotten about you. Yeah, that, but that, I mean, it's understandable because my sister was the homecoming queen, and uh, you know, everything, all the attention was on her at that point. And I, I, you know, probably in their defense, I probably should have spoke up more. I'm sorry. I disagree. I don't think there's ever a time when you forget any of your children. Yeah. I, I just, I, I disagree with that. And there was, there was just a lot of confusion because we had, we had relatives in from out of town and, you know. Well, I, I think it's admirable that you're trying to come to your parents' defense, but shame on your parents. I think, I don't think there's any excuse to leave your child behind. Now, with that said, though, side note, remember that time I left Blake at school? I forgot to pick him up. Right. So I kind of get what you're saying. And that's the reason I'm bringing this up is because our youngest son had gotten in trouble at school. He had was kind of like his mother. He had a little bit of a tood. I know it's hard to believe for people, especially people that know me, but um, <clears throat> he didn't want to do his math homework. So he just... He just shuffled his papers off his desk and just like, no, I'm not doing it. And of course he got in trouble and went to the principal's office. They called me and I was super upset. And I'm like, no, you, you need to go ahead and punish him. I mean, what he did was wrong and blah, blah, blah. Well, unfortunately it was toward the end of the day. And before I knew it, um, it was long past when I was supposed to pick up our oldest son, Blake. So that poor kid was at school thinking I had forgotten him and man, to this day, I feel so bad about that. In fact, I think that would be one of the things that he would say. Um, kind of, you're making a I face think, like you agree. I don't agree. think he re- even remembers oh, it. Oh, no, trust me. He remembers it because he likes to throw up my face once in a while. <laughs> what, what grade was he in when that happened? He was in middle school. I can't, he was either in sixth or seventh grade. I want to say sixth grade. So, yeah, he definitely remembers it. No, it was seventh grade because Brandon was in fifth grade when he got in trouble. So, anyway, so yeah, he would definitely talk about that. Okay. Next question. We're kind of, for those that are kind of wondering what we're doing, we thought it would be kind of fun to leave a little bit of ourselves behind for our children. So I'm I'm taking questions out of a book that was 300 questions you wish you'd asked your parents or something like that. So I thought it'd be fun to take some questions here and there and kind of answer them for the boys, for them to listen back to when we're long gone, just to kind of get a better idea of life before them and you know, just to get to know mom and dad a little bit better as people, as, as opposed to parents. Um, so the next question, if you had one superhero, like power, what would it be? You go first. You know, probably like time travel or something like that. I think that'd be pretty cool to be able to go go back to another time and see if you could change things or something maybe like time hop time hop you know go back From and change things in your period. life or you know go in the future and find out some some secret or some invention and come back to the present time and capitalize it on it or something <laughs> kind of like back to the future i think that'd be pretty That'd be a pretty good power to have. It'd be kind of more fun to go in the future, though, because if you go into the past, you got to be careful not to change the past. Yeah. Right? Right. 
Because wouldn't that ultimately and, you know, change it was, someone else's future? It was pretty future? tough back in, just think, just imagine not having a hair dryer or whatever, you know, like the, all the conveniences or a uh, refrigerator. Just think, think about how tough it would be back in the past. Or Tylenol. Or Tylenol. <laughs> what, what would we do without Tylenol? I know, right? I mean, coffee. Of course, I think. When did, well, when did coffee come around? I don't know, Probably, actually. I don't know. We'll have to Google that. I'm not sure when that came around, but yeah. So that would be kind of a cool super superhero power is that is that a such thing as a is there a superhero hero that has time travel as their power oh i don't know if not there should be um i think my answer would be i just want to snap my fingers and like have something like a chore done instantly for instance i snap my finger and my makeup's on full face of makeup or i snap my finger laundry's done snap my finger floors have been vacuumed just cause I was thinking about this this morning when I was putting my makeup on before my hair appointment. Do you know how much time I spend every single morning on my face? Just my face alone, just makeup, let alone the shower and my hair and all that stuff. Like 45 minutes, sometimes to an hour every day. Think how much time is wasted just getting ready for the day. Wouldn't it be awesome just to snap your fingers and all that's done? Think how much time you'd save. Well, why do you even bother with it? Because oh you are naturally beautiful. You don't need that makeup. I knew just, that was coming. And just think of the money you would save on makeup and stuff. Just well, forget about it. There you go. That's something else, too. That's definitely a perk. Think how much money you save on makeup. Because, ladies, we all know makeup is expensive. Am I right? But you're sweet to say that. By the way, whenever I, on Sundays, I go without makeup just to kind of give my face a break. And he will routinely say, whenever we need to go somewhere, can you just put a bag over your face? I do not say bag that. bag over your head. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> I'm sure he says it in a lovely and a loving way, though. I'm, I'm sure there's not. It's just a joke, it. you know, because you always say, we can't go anywhere. We can't go anywhere. I don't have my face on. <laughs> well, it's I'm doing it as a public service because it's. I'm frightening, you don't want to scare without, <laughs> <laughs> I'm frightening without makeup on. That's so not true. I'm just thinking of y'all. All right. And then the last question, what was your neighborhood like growing up? Do you want to go first? It's your turn to go first. Oh. Well, we, I grew up my, the first seven years of my life, I grew up in a trailer. So we lived in a trailer park and I remember riding my bike around the trailer park. I remember teaching my, my uh, sister how to ride a bike around the neighborhood. And I feel like I had a lot of friends in the neighborhood, but I don't remember because it was, I was so young, but I remember feeling free and walking to the bus and, you know, walking to and from the bus every day and just not a care in the world. It was not a big deal. I feel like people, kids nowadays can't do that. It's so, it's such a shame. It's such, right. so sad. And then we moved into a house um, not really a suburb. We were kind of on the north side of town, which in our specific city, the north side of town is a little rougher than the other side of the town. A little, um, a lot less, you know, people don't have as much money on that side of town and everything. So uh, I still remember, you know, I walked to work, so it wasn't that bad. And I remember the houses were not super close, but, you know, I... I remember riding my bike around, like the, the church. There was a church just up the street. I used to ride my bike around the church parking lot. And again, I, you know, I felt pretty comfortable. We knew our neighbors. We're friends with some neighbors. You know, it just it was just kind of a carefree, pretty normal 
childhood, really. The neighborhood was just, was decent. It wasn't run down when people took care of their yards and, you know, it's just, I don't know, pretty good, pretty good place to grow up. How about you? Well, we, um, my, my family, when I was seven years old, moved from California to a really small town, a small town of less than 150 people. And, um, I, I, I swear the neighborhood, it was just a country dirt roads and it was just, it was like being Tom Sawyer or a Huckleberry fan or something because there was a there was a creek nearby we could ride our bikes to. You know, we rode our bikes everywhere. <clears throat> we could ride our bikes to the creek and go fishing or, you know, um, whatever. It was really just. It was in a. It was a little city, but it was kind of in the country. You could ride. You could ride out, and you know there'd be cows and things like that. So it was. You ride your bike out, and, the, and there'd be cows or whatever, pretty close, and it was just like being Tom Sawyer. Or I, I'm not. That's funny. So you're more of like a country boy, yeah. More of a city girl, yeah. That's why we yeah. get along so well. Is that what it is? It was a country song. It was, a, it was not really in the country. It was it it was in a little little town, but it was it was kind of in the country, if that makes sense. So. So definitely more like a rural town, right? Not really a city, right? And there was a there was an old square, old time square that I mean had long since you know deteriorated, but it was still there. And there's old buildings and things around, and and uh, I mean there was basically only a two little country stores, a post office, and a gas station, and that that was it. And didn't you work at that gas station for a while? No, oh. no, that's a, that's a different, that's a different one. Yeah, that's a different one. But anyway. So how long were you in that little town until you moved to? We were in that little town, um, I guess, for nine years. Is that Greenfield that you're well, thinking south, of? Well, south, south Greenfield. Greenfield. Yeah. And then you moved to to our city. Yeah, Springfield. Mm-hmm. So I went from a town of a hundred and. 50 people to like 150,000. Are so you sure that's right? 150 people total? I think it's less than 150, actually. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, the, where we lived, hmm. but where I, I actually went to school in, in Greenfield, which was a town of 1,500 people. Okay. So, I see. So so you were like a suburb of Greenfield, sort of. Yeah. I don't know if it, it would really be a suburb, but it's just a different town. It, actually, at one point, I think like in the 1800s, it was actually the the city, the the main city, because that's where the the railroad went through. Hmm. Um, and then, at some point, they moved the railroad station or something. I, I I'm not really sure of the story, but um, then then the town became Greenfield, and South Greenfield just sort of went down the tubes, and basically all the all the uh, merchants and stores and everything moved from South Greenfield to Greenfield. Hmm. I think that's the story, but. Did you, anyway. you worked at that gas station in Greenfield, right? And that, didn't yeah, that belong yeah, to your grandpa? Yeah, in, in high school, I, my, my grandfather ran a, a gas station there, and when they would go on vacation, I would run the gas station. Hmm. That's interesting. So how long did you do that? I mean, it was just like... Like a summer job, or... It wasn't really even a summer job. It was just like periodically, whenever they would oh, you just be did, out of town or oh, I whatever, see. I would work there. So PRN, as needed. Is that what it is? What's PRN? <laughs> it's Latin for as needed. Oh, something okay. like that. Yeah, it was PRN. For, yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, side note, what did your, what did your parents do for a living as you were growing up? Well, uh, when we moved to Springfield, I'm not, when we moved to, from California, when we lived in California, my dad worked at JCPenney. He worked in the shoe department at JCPenney. And then we moved to Missouri because of my dad's family being here. And my dad got a job at, he had a couple of just miscellaneous jobs. And then he got a job at Sears working on uh, electronics, fixing, repairing electronics and things like that. And then um, after that, doing that for a few years, he opened up his own electronics store in Greenfield. Didn't he work at Montgomery Wards at some point? Yeah. Yeah. Then when we moved to Springfield, uh, he he worked in real estate with my uncle. And then he he did a couple other miscellaneous things and then he ended up working for Montgomery Ward for several years. So he's had, he has a lot of retail experience. Uh-huh. Hmm. And what about your mom? She, uh, when, when I was, um, very young, she was a cosmetologist. She was a beautician mm-hmm. and, uh, she actually had her own beauty shop out there, uh, for a while. And then <clears throat> I remember her just, just basically being the, you know, the, the a housewife taking care of us kids uh and then when we moved to springfield i think she worked at a printing company and then she uh later on ran a uh beauty supply store for probably i don't know probably 10 or 15 years yeah and that that's about that's what i remember yeah is that she was running yeah she was the manager of a of a beauty supply store like a warehouse or yeah beauty warehouse yeah um that's it's funny that our I feel like our backgrounds are pretty similar in that respect because dad has always been into electronics. He worked on TVs. Remember those old big TVs with the big huge mm-hmm. whatever tube mm-hmm. in it? He'd work on those. He worked on those for a long time. Um and then that started kind of phasing out a little bit and at that time point, I remember cuz mom's always been a stay-at-home mom and she's that's all she's ever wanted to be. But then when the electronics TV business was kind of fizzling out a little bit, then she had to take a job. And I remember her working at some kind of like telephone, like a telephone company as an operator. And she did that for a little bit. I think at night, it seemed like. Yeah. I didn't didn't tell you that. It didn't seem like it lasted very long, but she did that for a little while just to kind of help make ends meet. And then my dad, um, he started teaching, you know, remotely. He would put these classes together for that university that people could take his classes online. But that's when they start there. But isn't that when they moved to they moved from Springfield to Kansas City or someplace or St. Louis? Yes, actually, shortly after I graduated, as a matter of fact, they moved with my brother and sister up to yeah, I think it was St. Louis is where that where he went first. He actually taught in a prison first. He taught electronic classes in a prison really? in St. Louis. That. Yeah. And um, my brother and sister actually graduated from schools up there. Uh, so they basically abandoned me <laughs> after I graduated high school. They were so sick of me. They're like, okay, we're out of here. Um, no, mom didn't want to leave because her family's all here and everything. But, you know, dad needed a job and that's where his his opportunity took him and that's where they went. So anyway, so yeah, I feel like we do have a lot of, 
I feel like our parents have a lot in common as far as background and education and things like that. So anyway. All right. And one last question. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm just this throwing. wasn't in the plan. <laughs> I know. You know, when when I was uh, a, a kid, I there was no question. When I was in high school, I was going to be a rock star. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. And and tell now tell the audience here that for a time period you were. Well, I mean, I definitely tried. I gave it a shot. I I learned how to play the guitar, the electric guitar, and I, um, you know, started a band with some friends. It was called. It was called Exploit. Yeah, and, and actually, me... actually, they had already these uh, the these other guys were already together as a band. Or some of them had already gotten together as a band, and then um, a friend of mine that I worked with uh, was a bass player, and he knew a singer. And then we got together with these, basically, some friends of my sister, uh, and that's how how we started. But. I mean, definitely there for about uh, a five-year period after high school. That's what I was I was going to be, a rock star. Yeah, and let me tell you, I had no idea who you were, or I wasn't really big into the music scene, but even I had heard of Exploit. You did not. Yes, I did. Did you really? Yes, I did. So I think, I feel like you guys were kind of a big deal for a while around around town. So don't downplay it. So that's pretty cool that you got to do that for a time period. So what happened to change that course? Um, I just could sort of see, you know, the, the writing on the wall that it was a lot more luck involved with it than, I mean, I knew a lot of really great, fantastic musicians that just struggled and struggled and struggled for years and years and years. And I did not want to have to go through that myself. So that's, I basically put that on the back burner and went to college at that point. What made you choose accounting out of all the majors available? Uh, actually, I started when I started college, I was going to be a computer. Um, oh, yeah, an IT guy. Yeah. So what changed Actually, then? a computer programmer, not, not oh, necessarily IT guy, but computer oh, okay. programming. Uh, somebody that I knew um, that was an accountant sat me down and, say, you know, and told me that, you know, accounting is more of a profession. It's more of a profession. Whereas, you know, a computer, at that point at least, it wasn't. And with accounting, you could, you know, you could work for a company or you could do taxes or you could, you know, do work on your own or it just seemed like there was a lot more opportunities out there. So that's what I did. Yeah, because back at that time period, computers were just becoming more mainstream, I guess. Yeah, I think that's more of a profession now nowadays than it was back then. Right. Right. At that point, accounting, it just seemed like a, well, there was more opportunities. I mean, every just about every company needs some kind of accountant. So that's why I did that. It's so weird to me that what I wanted to be was a dancer, which is the weirdest thing to me because, I don't know, I just thought it was so cool to watch people dance and the fluid ways they would move their body. And I've always loved music and things like that. Um, but no, that, that took too much discipline and I wasn't disciplined enough to do it. That's kind of my dream job though. I thought that'd be so much fun. And then I wanted to be a writer, but then I was kind of like you, like, well, I mean, 
you don't really make a lot of money fast when you're a writer and you, if at all. So I just started working wherever I needed to work to make money. So I don't really have a career. That's kind of sad, isn't it? At this point, I've just been kind of a jack of I mean, all you, trades too. You, you have a career now though. Well, I mean, you're certified and, and yeah, but I fell into it. I didn't really want it, but I just, I, just, I would say probably 90% of people, the job that they're in is something they just sort of fell into, don't you really? think? Really? You yeah. think so? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you check around with people, other people that are working there, do they have degrees? And if they have a degree, it's probably something else, you know, like whatever. No, I disagree because I work in the medical field. So people that are nurses went to school to be nurses or they went to school to be doctors. Did they, did they start out that way, I wonder? Well, I don't know. Possibly. But I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big commitment, you know. Like if you're going to do something like that, yeah, you got to you got to go to school for a while before true. it actually happens. So I don't know. In some ways, I feel like a failure, just because I don't really have oh, a career, so a, to speak. Don't feel that way. <laughs> you're not. I mean, I have retail experience. I have, I have banking experience. I have fast food experience. I was I a stay-at-home mom for a while. Use your writing. With with your current company somehow. Yeah. It seemed like they'd have manuals or something that they would need to have writ written. I don't know. For those of you that don't know, I graduated from college with a technical writing degree. And honestly, I'm one of those people that I graduated with a degree thinking, is this really what I want to do? Because think about this for a minute. You, do you know what a technical writer is or what they do? They read manuals and then they regurgitate it into a language that's easily digestible to people like they can understand it better because a bunch of engineers write these manuals for these products that they're helping to develop well engineers don't think like normal people do they think more you know engineering uh, so they need some middle person in there to kind of turn what they've written into something that the general public can understand and actually utilize and that's basically what I a degree that I graduated with but I mean, come on. That sounds so boring. I mean, I'm boring myself talking about it. Did you have classes where you would actually do that, where they would, you would have to yeah. take something? Yeah. Don't you remember my editing project, that Not big, really. huge binder I put together? And I stayed up till 3 o'clock in the morning finishing and got a great grade on it. But that's basically what I did. Remember, I took a, a manual from someplace. I want to say it was from your dad's. It might have been from your dad's company. Oh, remember yeah, that? I, think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I basically wrote the manual or rewrote it or... Oh no, it was from Wendy's or something. No, it was it was my dad's thing. Yeah. Well I remember I built him a website yeah. and everything, you yeah. know. So anyway, it's just a boring degree and I just didn't wanna it's just boring. <laughs> I wanted something a little bit more stimulating and challenging and and I mean who wants to be stuck in a windowless room all day just reading manuals like manuals like to your toaster or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that just sounds so incredibly boring. I just didn't want to do that. That that sounds pretty good to me. Well, you would probably you would probably like it better than I would, but anyway, okay, we've been talking for 30 minutes, so I'm sure you guys are probably sick of hearing of us reminisce about our life, but we want to do this periodically just to kind of, you know, leave something of ourselves behind for our kids and we figure that it'll be kind of fun for them to listen back to at some point and learn a little bit more about our early life. So I guess we should wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, you guys have a great day, evening, morning, whatever you are. 
and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye.